Listener Production. Like a milkman from the olden days, delivering milk to your place at 5am every morning. It's Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. A uh, worker in the United States, Alex Dyson, has just been awarded $611,000 in uh, compensation for his workplace hosting a surprise party that he didn't want. Did you see this? I did. I did see that. Yeah. He, when he started the job in 2018, he said, look, I really don't do birthday celebrations. I get quite anxious. Please don't hold one for me. His co-workers allegedly forgot, host the surprise party for him. Guy has a panic attack, rushes to his car. The next day they go, hey, mate, what's going on? That attention gives him another panic attack. He runs out, they say, look, I'm sorry, you can't work here anymore. And he's like, that's unfair. Boom, $610,000. Well, I remember I had been working on Triple J Breakfast for four years and a young whippersnapper came in to start hosting the breakfast show with me. And one of the first things that he declared to his co-workers, his new co-workers, was, nah, I don't do birthdays. Don't say happy birthday. (laughs) I don't. No, that is <laughs> not celebrate true. Birthdays. I said I don't do presents, okay? I'm not interested oh. in buying presents. <laughs> I don't need presents from you. I don't need to do any of it, all right? So that was what I did. So maybe I should um, yeah, be looking for my 610,000 for all the presents that you guys got me recently for my birthday. Now, let's get on with the show. Hey, it's a big one. We're going to be talking about true love, Alex Dyson, after hearing an incredible love story that unfolded on Twitter a couple of uh, episodes back. Have we got an update for you on that? Yeah, we've got a bit of an update for you. And we might find out a few of your own love stories. Also, Alex Dyson, you've been hitting the campaign trail. And look, we've got some bad news with some of the um, people with penises out there in Australia, in this country, apparently. Anyway, we'll jump right into it. This is Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast. This is just the start. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast. Well, Alex Dyson, on our very first episode of Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast, we regaled some uh, stories about ourselves, um, you know, from our previous tenure at a a different radio station, um, and you brought up the fact that one day I had to quit an AFL team, telling them mid-game that I couldn't play anymore because I'd just gotten into drama school and I didn't want to hurt my face. Yeah, the coach hurt his face by face-palming himself. <laughs> so I guess you could say I let the team down in that situation. And look, it's a, it's a trend that's happened a little bit over the last mm. couple of days. I saw an uh, article in the news about a football player, an American football player, who uh, got axed from the team because he ordered pizza instead of the chicken salad. <laughs> when they were all ordering food at the hotel, they were like, uh, you know, when asked if he ate chicken salad, he said no and asked if there was something else he could eat. And then a staff member came in with pizza and this gentleman said, uh, oh, well, I wouldn't mind a slice of that. And he took it and the coach pulled him aside and said, mate, you let us down, not on. And they cut him from the team. It's all part of a documentary that is out now. It's called The United by Football, a season in the USFL. But look, Alex Dyson, he's not the only people who's letting the team down at the moment, myself and that particular football player. Yeah, I think uh, you and I letting the team down once again when it came to the news that um, <clears throat> Australian penis sizes are amongst the <laughs> lower end of the world. Now, look, I wouldn't say they're the lowest end. They're, I mean, they're just not 
You know, we like to win in this country, don't we? I mean... Yeah, we're at the lowest end because we don't have the lowest end. <laughs> um. So, according to a... Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> according to an international survey that was uh, done by a website from Mars. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on. A survey or a scientific study? Well, an international survey has revealed the average penis oh. size all over the world. But a survey is right. even worse. Well, I'm thinking a survey, that's self-reporting. That's, well, yeah. you got to trust the people giving you the information on that. Well, that's a good point, okay? So it was listing the biggest penis sizes by country, mm. okay? So uh, apparently uh, the number one country with the longest penis size, uh, on average, erect length <laughs> of 6.93 inches, right, on average, yep. Ecuador. Ecuador. All right. Number two, Cameroon coming in at 6.56 inches. Mm-hmm. Number three, Bolivia, 6.5. Sudan, 6.48. Then Haiti, 6.3. But you're right, Alex Dice. Now, mm. now, here's the thing. Where does Australia sit in all this? All right. Number 43. We are 43rd in this list, an average size of 4.69. But, but Alex Dyson, I ask you this. Mm-hmm. Are our penises smaller or is our honesty greater? Well, that's the issue, isn't that's- it, with a survey? That is the issue. Often Australia's not good at reading a test either, so it could have been measuring the flaccid, the flaccidity. Uh- <laughs> And we all know Australians are often growers. (laughs) I mean, I I do feel like we're letting the team down here, Um, just all of us men in Australia, letting the country down. Well, actually, no, not me. I did my bit. I was joking back when, you know, I've already told you about my history. I've been doing everything to bloody keep this country afloat in this penis length debacle. Speaking of floating, the other issue, Australians, you know, so many of us living on the coast, okay, so how many people completing the survey after going for a little little swim down the beach? <laughs> little cold water dip. Exactly right. The Bronte to Bondi on a cool winter morning. That'll lower your average, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> We did better than the UK. They came in at an average of five point one seven inches. Mm. But is there any um, is there any advantage from the sizes? I mean, we're saying we're trying to be the number one, but is there any, you know, scientific or even anecdotal evidence that that should be the best? Yeah, look, I've I've never ever heard anything about size mattering. Um, <laughs> Literally, I've never heard it, so... Well, you wouldn't. Um, I mean... You're right, I haven't... <laughs> well, let me just... Okay, well, I'll, I'll get the tape measure now and just check where I sit on this. Just just give me one second. Just let me hold on. Hold on. <coughs> let me just get this out. <coughs> let me just get this out. <coughs> oh, okay, so... Uh, can you just hold the other end of that, please? Uh... <laughs> we've become that. We've become the show with the sound effects. I love it. Whilst talking about dicks, like honestly, <laughs> it couldn't be more. We're like our radio careers are going in reverse. We're getting more immature. It's getting more, more and more pathetic. We're creating the embarrassing old content. <laughs> 
Whoa, that we whoa, be. whoa. Watch where you're stepping there, buddy. Let me just put it all back in. <laughs> this should be the stuff that's getting played on This Is Your Life. Remember when you started out and you were young and immature. And again, I'm running for parliament, mate. Why are you bringing this stuff in? Well, this then month? This, this should be the top of your bloody priorities, shouldn't it? We need to get the message out there that we need to do something about this. I will not be coming 43rd in the world. Well, come on, buddy, 64th in about climate change, so we're lagging behind in a whole heap of areas here. Well, yeah, to prior, that should be on your ballot paper. That's the first thing you should be thinking about. Yeah. All right? Yeah. You should say vote one for Alex Dyson. That's one more inch. <laughs> That's the message. Going the extra inch for Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Order up. Just how you like it. Perfect. Well, some very exciting news, Matt O'Kine. We love locking in some big, big interviews, and you mentioned a pretty wild story of a lady putting out on Twitter, I'm single and would love to date a celebrity. What are you up to? At Hosier. And Jose didn't respond, but someone who played bass in the Elvin and the Chipmunks movie. Elvin and the uh, Chipmunks, the squeakwell. <laughs> got in touch. <laughs> and they are now together as a couple. It sort of made us start, oh, well, sorry, the big news is we've got an interview with the actual couple to get the full story about this. It's going to be on Friday's podcast. I want to hear what happened after that tweet because all I saw... It was that tweet and then it's how it started and how it's going and how it's going was Casey, the guy in that duo, was on a knee and Jill was saying yes. So a lot happened in between those two things and I was very excited about that. So we've locked them in for an interview. We get to find all that out. Live from the United States this Friday. Just get yeah. ready for it. It'll, it'll be but, awesome. But it made me think, you know, I was with some friends over the weekend and, and they were just talking about how they met. She was working at the behind the bar at a pub and the guy was working at the Bottolo and they sort of struck up a friendship. And that made me think of how my partner and I met, me and Belinda, how we met out once. But then the next time we kind of saw each other was at this awards night where I was hosting and she, Belinda, won an award and then, you know, the infamous wink gate happened. <laughs> That's right. When you handed her the award, you winked at her. Oh, man. You, I mean, yes, it sounds dodgy when you say it like that, but it it was it was cool, bro. I'm telling you. Um, but, but I just thought I'd throw it out there on our Instagram, at matt.and.alex, and find out how you met your partner. Yeah, Ray Johnson got in touch. The Ray Johnson, incredible guest on the show, met her partner on Twitter, just like um, oh. Casey and Jill. Bro, speaking of Ray Johnson... Twitter. I saw a post from her just uh, a couple of days ago. Okay, cop this. Squirmy alert. This goes a little bit off off topic, but just bear with me. Oh, no. Ray Johnston tweeted, <laughs> I brewed a lovely loose leaf tea in my fancy teapot tonight. It still lets some leaves through and there were some in the first sip. I sucked on them before removing them from my mouth to really get the flavour out. But it was not tea leaves, my friends. It was a lizard. <laughs> <laughs> So, anyway, old lizard lips. Sounds like an old Aussie saying, oh, fair (laughs) sucker, the bloody gecko. (laughs) Good work, Ray. Eliza got in touch, said, uh, 2am in a kebab shop. Well, there's a love story, if ever I've heard one. I mean, as if, hand me the garlic sauce, then the eyes are locked and suddenly you're uh, 
You're both tasting like garlic sauce. Um, <laughs> yeah, met a kebab at a uh, at the late night suva shop. Uh, Liz said I met my partner on a 45 day ultimate European Kentucky tour, which Whoa. is pretty amazing. How's this? Darren said my mum left a picture of me with my phone number on the back at a local plant nursery. No, do you reckon that's for what? real? Darren's saying his mum just said. <laughs> Just said. I'm just wait. I'm just trying to. My boy's single. Here's his phone number at the local nursery. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so That's what Darren said. It's just a random Darren picture at a nursery <laughs> with a phone up. Someone's walked past, seen it, liked the look of what they saw, and called up. And now Darren has a partner. We need to talk to Darren sometime as well. Yeah, let's let's be Darren. If you're listening, please let us know. If that's true or not, um, Bronte said, I've met my last five boyfriends slash hookups at Dan Murphy's. <laughs> well, I mean, you got, you know, mutual tastes, I guess. That's uh, fair enough. I wonder if she was working there or something. Oh, uh, Maybe. And uh, Laura gave us a call. Laura, you had an interesting way of meeting your partner. I did. Not quite as interesting as Darren, but I worked at Specsavers for a time and my now partner came in with his mum, whose second language is English and gets really self-conscious. So he would often go with her to translate things. And some shameless flirting. I knew how old he was and what his name was. So I, uh, I took to the old Facebook, did some sleuthing and sent a risky message. We now have uh, lived together for about two years. Wee, there oh you go. Hey, did the slide slide. I did. And it all paid off. It did indeed. Is that what they're talking about when they say you should have gone to Specsavers? <laughs> Apparently it is. <laughs> Incredible, Laura. So when you contacted him on Facebook, did he sort of say, hey, uh, that's a bit weird? Or was he like, I'm so glad you messaged me? Yeah, it was the latter. I sent the message and was sitting there sweating going, what have I done? Why have I done this? And within about a minute he replied. <laughs> so his mum, you were shamelessly flirting with him in front of his mum. What did she make of that situation? <laughs> um, it was a really busy shop. So there was a lot going on at the time and I didn't really realise I was flirting with him until I was like, hang on a minute, I think he might actually be interested in me. Am I not being friendly? Am I, am I actually flirting with this guy? Oh, dear Lord. Okay, let's shut this down. And, um, yeah, it didn't get shut down. We uh, now live together and have a dog. Oh, brilliant stuff. Well, love to hear it, Laura. Thank you very much for sharing your story. I'm Matt and Alex all day breakfast. And, look, it's not an unsimilar story to Jill and Casey, who we're going to be chatting to live from the United States on Friday um, with their incredible love stories. So uh, thank you very much for that, Laura. We'll catch you next time. See you guys. Mm. Well, Matt, basically one month until Australians head to the polls. Some of them sooner if they're hitting up the pre-polling around Australia, which does kick off about two weeks before usually. Tell you what, you don't want to get carried away pre-polling. If... You know, the voting day is like Splendour in the Grass. You can really do a number on yourself pre-polling. <laughs> right? Just take it cautious. Do not get first night fever. All right? Mm. Go to bed early if you're pre-polling. Now go on. Um, well, that happening, the campaign trail is heating up. So much so, I'm bloody livid, mate. Ooh. Why? What, what's happening? Are you part of Vexit? What's Vexit? 
Well, the the Deputy Lord Mayor of Melbourne suggested that they could uh, exit the Commonwealth of Australia. Melbourne or Victoria? Well, it says the Deputy Lord Mayor of Melbourne has made a push for Victoria to exit the Commonwealth of Australia after the state was snubbed in an election spendathon. That's right. Victoria, despite making up about 25% of Australia's population, got about 5% of infrastructure. But be that as it may, I'm bloody livid at the other mob. Looking at you, Clive Palmer, Craig Kelly and the United Australia Party. Okay? Because they've been out, right? Cop this. They're covering up my signs with their own signs. you got Alex Dyson on the road. Oh, you're kidding. I'm not. Some of them have covered it up, so my face is sitting above a big yellow Vote One United Australia party. No. And other ones, they've actually covered the whole thing. And these are people's houses who are, like, supporting Alex Dyson Independence. So they've put it on their front fences, and then the UAP have come along and just put it over the top. The worst cover of all time. They, uh, that is that is actual <laughs> dog tactics there, mate. That is rubbish. Very dirty tactics. So, so I mean, have you talked to any of the people in there with the houses that have had your, you know, poster they're, up? They're livid. They're bloody livid, mate. But look, we're not. We're just taking it down, fighting our own race. Okay, keeping the blinkers on, keeping it positive. And I'm happy to say that I've had a very positive week because my campaign has been hitting some targeted areas, and I think I'm making some sway with the croquet set, right? Like, you think about where you go to um, meet some people, and social media does well. I'm able to talk to a lot of people on that. But, Matt, I've been rocking up at croquet clubs around the district. That sounds like big money. Well, not as big a money. The bloody lawn bowls places get most of the cash, I've got to say. (laughs) Poor old croquet clubs, often overlooked. But no. Everyone's vote counts as much as the other. And so heading along to the croquet clubs, and I've got to tell you, down at Warnable Croquet Club the other day, and I must be getting some good training because I made an incredible shot. And, in fact, my partner there had a little bit to say about it. I was trying to follow your lead. It took me about 30 seconds to line up my shot where, Elaine, you'd roll in and spank it straight away. How long have you been playing croquet for? Oh, about 23 years. Well, here you are, 23 years on, teaching a, a young dog new tricks, one of which was quite miraculous. I didn't know it was possible to jump a croquet ball, but through your instruction and Doug's instruction, I was able to do it. Can you describe to people what happened? <laughs> well, if you get an enemy ball in the hoop and your own ball is two or three feet out... I love that you call it an enemy ball as well. It shows how ruthless this game can get. <laughs> so you have to stand with your feet very well forward you get your mallet at two o'clock on the ball and you hit it as hard as you can and, and, and if you're lucky, and Alex was lucky, went clean. <laughs> Boy, I thought that was all skill. <laughs> it all went clean through the hoop. There you go. I jumped a croquet ball over an enemy ball and through the hoop, Matt. Damn, that sounds fierce. Is this going to be how you spend your weekends now down at the croquet club? Like, I'll honestly say... <laughs> Maybe because I signed up as a member <laughs> as a as a result. I've got to tell you, like this campaign has been hectic. Like you've seen, I'm throwing throwing myself fully into it, meeting as many people as possible. But there was something about going down, having a chat to some just really nice people. You're out on the green grass. It's a relaxed kind of game. I think it was genuinely good for my mental health in the mixed 
of this maelstrom of, you know, phone calls and social media and interviews and, you know, policy meetings to just go and have a chat to some people out on the grass and whack a few balls around with a mallet. It's uh, really, really lovely. So I think I might even, after this election campaign is up, it's not all about winning votes at the croquet. I think I might go down and socialise a little bit. After this campaign is up, the next campaign, getting croquet into the Brisbane 2032 Olympics. (gasps) It's on. Yes. Yes. The campaign starts now. (laughs) Sweet. That brings us to the end of another Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Hope you had a good one and we'll catch you again tomorrow. And don't forget, you can keep in touch with us at matt.n.alex on Insta. All right, bye-bye. That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got something to add to the show? Slide into our DMs at matt.n.alex. Listener.